Denver shows up in a big way versus a potential finals opponent and gets a monster win. Are the Nuggets back? Plus, we'll preview, oh boy, the Sixers game on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day and your first listen. We appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform that you are, whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any sort of podcast application in the old car, or as you're walking to work on your commute, or if you're hanging out with us in the live show on the comments, you can join the show on YouTube. We record either in the mornings or late at night, and you never really can tell which one we're going to be going out with. Uh, lots of folks in the chat comment section tonight. Steve Wynn, Travis Gurley hanging out with us. Ravon, Dragut Markovich, Green Right Hand, Travis Gurley. Again, I said that one. Danny Biggs, lots of folks hanging out with us in the chat comments here on a Sunday night. As we get set to tell you about the Denver Nuggets win over the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday night in a really fantastic game. We'll talk about that game. We'll get into what it means that the Nuggets did that, what kind of a finals matchup, if it were to happen what that would look like. Plus, in the final segment, we will get to the preview of Sixers Nuggets, a uh, rather significant game for many um, for many reasons. And we'll see if it winds up being as significant as maybe it can be. But, Adam, how was your weekend? How did you enjoy the Bucks game? Uh, is it good to be a Nuggets fan once again? <laughs> it is good to be a Nuggets fan once again. I mean, in all sincerity, Matt, we analyze so many games throughout the course of a season that – just are in some way, shape, or form not real. And this one felt more real, meaning Denver took it seriously. This looked more like Denver when they're trying. Um, and I just felt like it was so much more meaningful than than most games. Not even necessarily just that they won, but that we got to look at what they look like when they play hard and, and kind of reminded of that. Yeah, I asked Jeff Green um, after the game. I talked to, to Jeff, who uh, I will definitely want to talk about because Jeff was great in that game. Uh I asked Jeff about, you know, do you get a sense for when teams are actually going to go for it? Like, do you get a sense that, that this is going to be more of a playoff atmosphere? He's like, you absolutely can tell. And I was like, when can you tell? Is it like as soon as the, the tips or the first couple of minutes? He's like, before the game, really. He's like, you get a sense. He's like, it's it's got to be the right atmosphere. But it, he's like, sometimes the crowd isn't there, but the players are. And sometimes the crowd's there and the players are really into it. And it just kind of all comes together. And so they were really. Don't you think when he says that, like. <laughs> I don't know that he just means something esoteric as like, oh, I just sense seriousness tonight. I have to imagine it mostly means the mood of the team's leaders. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you walk into a building and, and you've got Ish Smith over there like, oh, he's pumped up. It doesn't mean anything. But I think that's a lot of like, oh, Yoke seems a little serious today. Jamal seems a little dialed in today. Like, okay, I can I, I imagine that's what he means. Probably. I, I would imagine as such. Uh, first quarter of this game was nuts. It was really an incredible shot making. And for me, like I thought the defense was really good. I thought the contest level from, from Denver was very good. They had like the normal number of like Giannis is going to get transition baskets because he's Giannis. Like he's going to do those types of things. Um, but the nuggets I thought really responded very well, especially I thought Jamal Murray in that first quarter, the Murray flurry at the end of the first quarter, which is really mo the majority of his points was vital in terms of they took the bucks who came out with an like, and you could tell that the bucks were like, 
we're on back to back in altitude. Like we just played Utah on this back to back. We have to hit them hard up front because we can't get behind. And so like they came out and played with a lot of force. And that Murray flurry, I thought was really critical in balancing it to get the nuggets back into a position to be able to hang on and reestablish control of the game. Oh, you cut out there for a second there, Matt. Well, for me, at least. Give me your thoughts on what you thought about the first quarter. So I thought Jokic came out dialed in. I mean, he was serious from the start on this game going at Brooke Lopez. And I think it was a big deal for him specifically to try to get Brooke Lopez in foul trouble. I mean, first of all, there's not many teams that even attempt to guard Jokic one-on-one. Most teams will throw some kind of double, fake doubles, or mix-up coverage. The Bucks in this game didn't do any of those things. They just said, Brooke, you've got him. Let's see how you do. And I think, I don't know if Jokic adjusted his game because of that or if he was just going to press the envelope right from the start. But I thought it was clear, especially on rewatch, that he was going to try to foul out uh, Brooke Lopez. And what I mean by that is, he didn't settle for a lot of jumpers outside of the three-pointers. He didn't settle for a lot of jumpers, and he didn't self settle for fallaways or jump hooks or this or that. He was going towards him and towards the basket every single time. And I think that's part of why Malone got a tech early and why Jokic, I think, was very upset early on is he's saying, hey, I'm going at him, and he's got hands on me, like trying to, trying to bring awareness. After that tech, Jokic got him in foul trouble and it completely changed the game. There's a couple things that changed the game, but that was one of the big ones. And I think it was a deliberate decision by Jokic and by the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, I forget who it was that asked him. One of the, of our media colleagues asked Joker specifically, were you trying to get Brooke in foul trouble? And he, in Joker fashion, I was like, no, just playing. You know, if he goes left, I go right. If I get foul, great. You know, Joker was very nonplussed after the game. Um, but it was like, some of those moves were, were just masterful. It was really incredible. And it was really great to see those two play against each other because Brooke is so good, right? Like Brooke is such a tough matchup because he's so strong. And Jokic talked about how great Brooke is as a defender because of his size and his length. And he was like, he's also, he's just really smart. Like you, it's, you, you have to understand the angles and counter moves with him. Um, so it was really cool to see Joker just go right through him. Man, I think we're on a delay. This was Jokic's best post moves uh, in a game that I think we've seen this year. Again, more Man, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely. I think you're right that this was the best one. Um, you know, as far as like the, the kind of the, the rest of the context of the game, the Nuggets defense. You know, the idea, and I, I spoke to some of the veterans about it after the game, and they were like, "We know what we're capable of," and sometimes we just we get a little bit too hung up on what we can do offensively because we have so many weapons, but when we commit ourselves to the defensive end, we know what we can do. And like that, that's kind of like where they've settled on is yeah, no, look, when we think that we can get through a game easy by just scoring our defense lacks, when we start defense, we're able to defend well. And I thought that they did absolutely uh, a marvelous job, both Aaron Gordon and later Jeff Green did an absolutely incredible job one-on-one with Giannis and the crowding to help take away angles and to appropriately show and recover was some of the best stuff we've seen from Denver defensively this season. Yeah, I mean, I thought Aaron Gordon was horrible in the first half. I mean, def- I mean, Giannis had 24 points at the half, and I, th- I don't yep. remember what he had in the first quarter, but it was like 16 or something. He was dominant, and I thought Aaron Gordon specifically was doing a really bad job on him. It did flip in the second half, and there's a couple other things that I thought were, were interesting. But you mentioned Jeff Green. He also did a great job on him. Um, two other things. One, 
Jokic and the Nuggets were very comfortable switching Jokic on Giannis, which I think yep. is an interesting thing. I actually think it's a very favorable matchup. You, I don't think you can go to it right away because Brooke Lopez is too big in the post. But if you get into that pick and roll action, Jokic is very comfortable switching out onto him and just giving him an, 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 a, a lot of space and playing the angles. Like that's the type of defense Jokic is good at. And there was multiple times in this game, Giannis attacked Jokic in isolation and didn't score. Um, so I thought those things were really big. But the key for me is Denver, when they're dialed in, their rotations are very smart, very quick. Um, and guys do their jobs. And the guy who I think was this unsung hero of the game was KCP. Because not only did he play great defense individually on Middleton and others, but he boxed out so hard when Denver was in rotation and playing and scrambling all around. And that was the key. If you think about KCP and all these guys scrambling, he was Brooke Lopez, uh, Giannis. He had those guys underneath, and he was boxing out and holding them away from the rebounds. And I just thought, it, it, especially on rewatch, you watch it and you go, man, a lot of times. He, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown also had good moments of that, but KCP really stood out to me on the rebounding. That's a, a great point. I just got done listening to uh, Thinking Basketball. Um, if, uh, you listen to that pod, right? You've got to listen to that pod. I don't really listen to it that often. I mean, when they talk nuggets, I listen to it. It's so good. You should listen to the last one because it actually talks about this, about the idea of like one nexting. And then two, it talks about the idea of um, of Joker and how, look, sometimes you want to switch it because you'd rather have a one-on-one disadvantage with Joker than a two-on-one disadvantage with Joker and like those kind of dynamics and like how you're measuring like the effectiveness level. Anyway, it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, like I thought you're absolutely right. The Joker switches were very effective on it. I thought that, and that KCP point is like, that's a really great point because the Nuggets rebounding was such a big edge in this game. The Bucks are so big and so physical and that's usually where they dominate. And so to be able to get that kind of performance, um, I thought everybody's on ball defense. I thought, especially in pick and roll, there was really great work from both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., contesting and get and being disruptive on drew holiday who had a pretty rough game in this one um i want to ask you before we go to break are there do you have anything else in your notes on kind of like from a, I, got, I got a i got a handful more here do you want to go to the do them in segment two well, let's do that we'll come back we'll get some more thoughts from adam on from his notebook on the bucks win we'll also talk about what it means that the nuggets rebel get this win over potential finals opponent if it's a good or bad finals matchup for denver we'll do that when we return but first i need to tell you about prize picks Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you get to do, you just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You can get in on this big MVP matchup tomorrow. You can just take all the overs and just assume both the guys are going to put on a show if they both play. So something to keep in mind there. They've got all the sports, NBA, NFL, MLB, which is starting up, NHL. Hey, Avs with another win on a hot streak. WNBA, they've even got eSports, tennis, and NASCAR. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, including Colorado. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, they'll give you $100. You put in $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, to sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Is daily fantasy made easy? We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. 
back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys making us your first listen. So Adam, hit me with some more nuggets. Oh, I'm sorry. That was that was bad. Unfortunate. Right. Really unfortunate and, and not intentional. Hit me with some more items from your notebook after the rewatch you did on this uh, Nuggets-Bucks game. Drew Holiday really pestering Jamal. I thought he did a good job with it. And I thought the Nuggets game plan was very good for him. They were setting multiple screens uh, on ball screens, drag screens, double highs, triple highs even at one point. And they were setting them at the logo. So it wasn't just that they were at the three-point line. They were throwing bodies well out at the at half court so Jamal could run into threes. And on multiple occasions, he was able to do that. But I just thought it was a good way to sort of counteract the way they wanted to use Drew to pester. Um, and then I thought another thing that stood out to me, you know, Denver runs that screen the screener action all the time where Murray back screens for Gordon, who yep. becomes a lob threat, and then runs off the handoff of Jokic, right? So it's and the whole idea is you don't want to have to switch that action. What's interesting was is Drew Holiday's very good at not switching those actions. They started running KCP in the Aaron Gordon spot, knowing uh knowing that the teams would be more likely to switch that one since it wasn't big to small and it was a little bit different and it worked out. Denver actually got, got something out of that. So it's almost like you go full circle. You like to go one, three, five in that action because teams don't switch those types of guys. This time you run it purposefully wanting teams to switch and it worked out. I just thought it was a really smart adjustment for Denver, uh, for Denver's coaching staff. Um, here's one for you, Matt. Jokic took six threes. This comes courtesy of uh, our buddy Voya, friend of the show. Yoke took six threes. It was very deliberate. They have a good defense. They packed the paint, so it might have just been a Milwaukee thing. But Jokic always takes a lot of threes in the playoffs. And I wonder if this was a little bit of a, okay, I got to ramp up my three. I got to get a little bit more confident taking threes. And I wonder if he's just going to be taking three or four a game for the rest of the year, just getting back in that rhythm. I think that's that's probably part of it. Uh, the way I I kind of view it, and this is not based off of, of Jokic's comments, because again, he will never give us anything, anything, anything. <laughs> but I think that to some degree, when he gets one part of the game working against an opponent, he will then start trying the others. Because if you take it to the next level, it increases the desperation that the defense feels in terms of the help that they have to bring. And the more that you help, the easier his other reads are. Right. So. <clears throat> If they're not gonna, <clears throat> if they're not going to double and he's scoring in the post, if he starts hitting the outside jumper as well, it's like, man, this matchup is just not working at all. Like this is absolutely not working. We're going to have to either, you know, we've got to go small with Giannis. We've got to go to this other rotation. We're going to have to like immediately hard double him. And once you have the defense so far outside of the boundaries of its identity and scheme and its principles, most importantly, like forget scheme because schemes are malleable, but principles I think then that's when Joker really started. Like Joker has you at that point. You are right. never going to recover once you're outside of your scheme versus him because you're never going to be as good at those things as you are at your base coverage. But I also just wonder, like he's not a great three-point shooter. And I think throughout the course of the year, it's probably bad process for him to take five or six a game. But in the playoffs, it's an important thing to be ready and capable to do. And I just, I kind of feel like there was a little bit of him getting his mind frame into being a quicker trigger on those. Um, at least there was in this one. Another one that's interesting to me, the Nuggets killed the Bucks in transition in this game because Giannis guarding Aaron Gordon is key. He's the best, like, all-around free safety, right? So if you right. let him play free safety, he's a killer. But when he got cross-matched in transition on Michael Porter or KCP or Jamal Murray, it, Denver scored so easily. 
And I just, it was very, and on rewatch, it was so noteworthy the times that he got matched up on MPJ. A lot of the times were MPJ threes because he's sitting there thinking, go to the rim, protect the rim, don't let anything happen. MPJ's the trailer, knocks down a three, and it's like, yeah, that's a backbreaker. So just something of note um, that as good as the Bucks are defensively, Denver has uh, setups that really put them in a bind for what they prefer to do. One of the most impressive things about this Nuggets team is what they've done to the Celtics, the Grizzlies, the Cavaliers, and the Bucks this season. And they've done it at home. They did it to the Cavs on the road. Um, but, like, I think it's important to, like, note how good the, the Denver offense is capable of being versus the absolute best defenses right. in the NBA. And, like, this is an, an indication of it. Um, you mentioned MBJ. Phenomenal game from him. Uh, you know, can uh, – Chris Middleton, really, who I thought played a, a really great first half, tried attacking MPJ, couldn't get anywhere. MPJ did a really good job. Um, I still think that the test for MPJ is going to be when teams go, okay, we thought we could attack him on ball, but we can't. We're going to need to like target him with off-ball movement. That's going to be, I think, the next step for him in the playoffs. And if he's solid there, then that's a huge win for Denver overall, and that's going to go a long way towards them advancing to the finals and potentially winning it. Um Walter up above mentioned that he wants to give me grief about uh, Zeke. Zeke with six rebounds in this game. Zeke's rebounding way better than I thought he was going to be at this point. And that's huge. If Zeke's going to be going to actually be grabbing rebounds, that's a massive, massive deal for the, for the Nuggets. Um, that's a big advantage for them. And then on top of it, like, man, I, Jeff Green. And look, the dunk was amazing and incredible. It was great being in the locker room because they were asking him, like, MPJ is like, that's got to be like the best, right? And Jeff's like, I don't know. He's had, had a lot. lot. He's had some doozies. He's like, I got to think about it. And it was great because he mentioned it. And like my eyes went wide because he mentioned the Kevin Serafin dunk. If you if you look up Jeff Green, Kevin Serafin, S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N. He has that, that. He said that one. And I went, oh, shit, the Serafin dunk. Sorry, I cursed. But like, I was like. I, I was like, oh my God, you're right. And he was, and like Jeff looked up, he's like, yeah, right. And I was like, yes, like that one. But it was really cool. And like Jeff's whole attitude about it was great. He was like, I just think everyone's impressed because I'm old. So it's, yeah. Yeah, he was just really like laid back about it. Um, it was really cool, but that was a great dunk. But more than that, though, there were times when the Nuggets did not, like Giannis did not pass out from a double when they let, when it was just Jeff on Giannis. And there were several stops that Jeff got. And it was a really impressive performance. It was cool to see Jeff step up in that kind of moment and have that performance that he gave that in that game. Um, Jeff was awesome. Here's my question for you about Jeff. Most of the year, not playing very hard. And in my opinion, playing pretty poorly. There are still things I hate about him on that second unit. By the way, second unit, first stint, terrible. It was horrible. horrible. Like he was bad yeah. again. Second stint went really well. Denver had a lot of momentum. Jamal Murray hit some big shots. I don't know if that means the second unit played well. I do think that they hustled more and the defense was more impactful. But to say that I feel great about the bench, I can't go there. And Jeff Green is part of that. I do think that he slows down the offense and they go to him too many times. I mean, he's he's shooting like 0.38 points per possession on ISO and like 0.5 on post-ups. And yet they go to it two or three or four times a game. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you might as well throw the ball out of bounds at that point. Just waste the shot clock. I mean, honestly, sincerely, it's it, it's it's such a bad – the numbers tell you how bad it is, and they keep doing it. But Jeff Green, in big games over the last couple weeks, 
he's had some really big ones and he's come through really big. And I just, I know a lot of people want to see Vladko. I mean, I love Vladko. I'd love to see him as well. But I do look at this and I go, is Jeff Green a different player than what we see in the whole season? Is he the guy that's most like coasting throughout all of this and actually is going to be a positive impact player in the playoffs? What do you think? I think he'll be a positive impact player in some games and that might end up being the difference. If the Nuggets raise the trophy at the end, you're going to be able to say, do you remember that Jeff Green game six? But there's going to be, if the Nuggets lose, you're going to be like, oh my God, do you remember that Jeff Green game three? Right. Like it's going to be, and this is, I, I maintain this. There are series for guys and it'll be that way with the starters and the bench. Um, if they play the Bucks in the finals, that might be a Jeff Green series. If they play the Lakers, that might not be a Jeff Green series. If they play the Suns, it might not be a Jeff Green series, right? It might be, a, there might be a series that where it's like, oh no, we really like, we're going to try Blacko. And then like Blacko, it just doesn't work. And that's not Blacko's, it's not, it's not about how good you are. Like it's not, when you get to the playoffs and the things are that tight, it's just like matchups, dynamics, rhythm, all of these types of things. And so that's, I know, but Malone's not wrote, like Blacko's not really getting a shot. I don't think he's going to try him. I think it's going to be Jeff. And I'm not, I mean, we're at the point now where it's like, we can't, we can't start splitting hairs here. Like at some point, I don't know. I think that that's the thing though, is like, sometimes you have to throw that stuff out when things get, when it it gets tough. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it'd be crazy to not play Vladko for two months and then play him in a playoff series, but you're right. That stuff, this stuff does happen. Nonetheless, I have more confidence in Jeff right now than I think at any point this season, because he's playing, he's had, I'm not going to say he's consistent, but he's had more good games sprinkled in than at any point this season. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. I guess uh, I think the Bucks are a good matchup. We were going to do quickly big takeaways. Yeah. I think this game is important. Number one, because it showed that Denver has a higher gear that they are capable of tapping into. I mean, there's no question to me that this was, I don't know if I can say it is the hardest they've played all year. Cause it's just hard to remember every game, but I don't think they played harder. So it's in the, the top tier of how hard they've played in a game this year. So that that's my, one of my big takeaways. Would you agree? Yes. Um, I think the matchup is overall, I've liked this matchup for a while. I think it's a really fascinating immovable object versus irresistible force concept with both of these teams. Um, it would be, I think a pretty great finals over the course of it, because there are going to be games where like Giannis just has more than you. Like you, you play great. Giannis just had more in the tank and wore you down, but, and you saw this in the second half, and you know, I, I Bucks fans are going to say that it's it was legs, and I'm I'm going to give them the same respect I give any team that's going to want to make excuses for their team, right? Of course. But I will also say this: the Bucks have a bad as somebody has bet the Bucks a lot in the playoffs, and and it has hurt a lot of times. They have a lot of, of situations where they have open looks and they don't hit, and that happened a lot in that second half. Is they got out of rhythm, and those threes don't fall, and now their offense is trying to keep pace. And the Nuggets, I think it's much harder to keep the Nuggets' offense down for the duration of a game um, than it is the Bucks. The question is going to be about the Bucks' ability to break the Nuggets' defense and will, and then the Nuggets' ability on the other end to break the Bucks' defensive will. So, like, that balance I think is fascinating, but I do like the matchup for Denver. It's crazy, but I actually think it's my favorite matchup for Denver out of the big three in the East. I think it's um, way better than Boston. I think and I, and I think it's probably better than Philadelphia – just because, again, they don't run a lot of pick and roll. Denver, that's the thing Denver most looks bad at. So I think, and then also, and then also I just, Jokic has played Giannis a lot in his career, um, including internationally. And I just always feel like he guards him well. I know that's a crazy thing to say, but 
it's not one of the matchups where I feel like he's most going to just be helpless repeatedly. As you mentioned, Giannis is a great player, maybe the best in the NBA. He's going to have games. Denver's not going to stop him. But can they just like not – are they going to perform? Is their offense going to be better than their average or worse against Denver? I think it'll be closer to their average, maybe even a little bit worse. And that, you just can't say that for too many teams. Uh, Blair Einfeld says, one of the reasons Denver matches up well with Milwaukee is because they don't force turnovers. And if Denver yeah. doesn't turn it over – they're going to get good shots. That's such a good take. Yeah, that's 100% right. I wrote that actually in my um, game guide over at Action Network was like, hey, the Nuggets do not, like the Bucks do not turn you over. And that's how you generate, uh, th that's how you get the advantage on them is you take the ball away from them and you score because Nuggets transition defense. I'm like, the Nuggets half court out defense is actually okay. Like they just struggle when they give up all these turnover points. So like, that's a big part of it, you know, and, and that's something to, to keep in mind as well. You mentioned okay. the, go ahead. I was just going to say the defense too is important to me because that was a really good defensive performance from Denver. And I've always said they can't defend easy. They have to defend hard. They played their asses off in that second half and they defended like monsters. I don't think Milwaukee was cold. I don't think any of that. I think Denver disrupted them, disrupted them very well and won all the 50-50 balls. Some of that was legs. Some of that was the game was meant more to Denver than Milwaukee. I'm not trying to discount that, but Denver was great, not good, great defensively in the second half. And it's just good to see that they have that in them. I agree. You mentioned the matchup with the Sixers. Well, let's talk about that because that's the Denver Nuggets next opponent. We'll talk about the game versus the Philadelphia 76ers and a very motivated Joel Embiid, if he plays, on Monday night. We'll do that in the final segment. I want to tell you about Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite Built Bar puff, so it's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'm going to be voting for Churro. Talk about it on here every week. I'm an advocate. I'm a passionate Churro fan when it comes to the Built Bars. And if you want your favorite bar or puff to win, you'll be voting for that one as well. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. It's the best protein bar ever covered in 100% real chocolate, but you also only have 130 calories, four grams of sugar and 14 grams of protein. All that in a bar that tastes like a candy bar run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. We'll be right back on locked on nuggets. Final segment here on locked on nuggets for a Monday. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Uh, hope you guys enjoy, enjoyed the Saturday night game. Yeah, Nuggets win, Avs win. Before we get to the, the Sixers game, I ask you: Are the Sixers are the Nuggets back? Are the Nuggets official? Are, are we? Are they? Have they moved past whatever that was? <laughs> I mean, I think so. I think it's pretty clear that they've moved past their slump, their rut, their funk, whatever you want to call it. And I'll say it's kind of come one by one. I thought Jokic got over it the quickest. I think Porter maybe is the one guy that saw it the least he i don't know if he was ever in a rut he's been pretty pretty steady over the last couple months in in fact getting better and better i think murray was the next one to get over it and i think this last game we'll find out tomorrow night but i think this last game aaron gordon got out of his funk i thought in the Ooh. second half again bad in the first half but i think something happened in that second half where i think he got his swagger back and um we'll see if he continues but uh, that was big all right, so the Nuggets face the Sixers on Monday night. They're five-point favorites in this one, by the way. Um, Embiid has been questionable the last two games 
with I believe a calf is what's going on with him. He was limping around pretty bad last week in one of the games, but he did play on the back to back. And like I'm all I at this point, I give all these guys credit if they play. Like I'm grateful for the Bucks. Like I know it's gonna be frustrating for them because it's like, man, we we went ahead and gave this effort, and then like we got what they felt was a bad series of calls, and it's like, come on. But I just want to say, like, I appreciate the guys are trying to play on these back-to-backs late in the season. Like, I have genuine appreciation for that. This is a three and four. Three and four on a West Coast road trip. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think he plays. If I'm Embiid and I'm, like, really want to win the MVP, I don't play. He has nothing to win. He can only, like, lose ground. Like, if he, if he destroys him, does it lock it up? Sure. But you're already ahead. So, like, that's part of the equation here, I think, as well. But they also need to stop a losing streak because they've lost their last two. They lost the Warriors and then lost the Suns without KD on Saturday. That was a rough loss. Um, Harden, there's a lot of noise that he might return for this one. So, he's missed the last two games as well. Um, I, I, so, here's what's interesting is, for whatever reason, I'm, like, kind of nervous about this one for the Nuggets. Like, just looking at it as, like, they were up. They played so well in that first half in Philly, and it looked like they were just going to do what they've done, which is beat that team. And then for whatever reason, I don't know. It's just like part of this is just like a motivation thing where are the Nuggets going to be as up for this game as the Sixers are, and particularly Joel? Because like for Joel to have said what he said to Draymond Green after that Warriors game, I was like, that's nuts. That's crazy. It's not nuts. That's I, I could have predicted he said that. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with this. He really wants the MVP. He really wants to be thought of as the best big, I think. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has different approaches. I don't think he does it out of like pure vanity. I mean, he's he's a guy that views himself as the best. And let's be honest, he went up against Jokic last time and kicked, kicked his butt. So I, but I'm also not surprised by that. Like, this is why I think he will play tomorrow because I think tomorrow night, Joel Embiid can win the MVP award. And I think that means a lot to him. If he sits it out, I disagree with you a little bit. Right now, FanDuel has a minus 150 Embiid and plus 130 or 180, I can't remember already, for Jokic. That's close enough. That's close enough that, you know, if you get to the end of the year, well, Jokic played eight more games or whatever it is that he's getting up, starting to approach. And uh, Denver, by the way, Denver and Philadelphia, do they have the same record? Don't you think that factors in just a little bit? They, they do not. Denver has a better record, actually, than Philadelphia right yep. now by one game. So I – you don't want to start to fall two, three, four games behind. I I just feel like jo- Joel Embiid with a big performance tomorrow can put the final period on that and say, hey, he's the MVP. All right. So based off of what we saw in the earlier season matchup, what do you think about this one going into this game? Um, I, Denver played really well and they were very motivated for it. What's, what's, what's funny is it's always hard to predict how Denver's going to come out, how Jokic is going to come out yes. because I just said Joel Embiid could win the MVP tomorrow with a win in a big game. Jokic could win the MVP tomorrow with a big game and a win. I don't know if he wants that. So I don't know. Let's just assume though, Matt, for a second, because as much as you and I both think that there's a chance that he would hate winning so much that he might not play his best tomorrow. Let's just throw that out because I think it's a little crazy to speculate that. I think Denver comes out and plays really hard. I think Denver is in ramp-up mode, and I think Jokic last game played at a different speed than we've seen. And what better test for you to try to continue that than against the 76ers? So I think Denver comes out and wins, and I think Jokic has a has a nice game. I feel like the rest of the team will be motivated just because of how much noise came out of the last one. Right. And they'll want to be there for him. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's, this is a, this is a tough one. To, I think to try and predict, it wouldn't shock me if 
the Sixers come in a little tired th- third and four, um, you know, try and get up for it, but just can't really get there. Cause they're, they're a little banged up. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if the nuggets come out and are like, no, we cared about the bucks game. We don't care about this one for whatever reason. And like the, the Sixers come out with a lot more urgency and intensity. Um, they're basically the same team. They've changed a little, some of the small dynamics around them. Noel's there. Um, they got, you know, a few, a few changes on the team, but, um, in general, for McDaniels, pardon me, but in general, you know, the dynamics are the same. Uh, do you think they'll have more success versus the Tucker on Jokic strategy tomorrow? I, I think for sure they will. And part of this is just Jokic's level of aggression. I mean, he kind of got awkward second guessing himself, but I think more than anything, just passive. And I, I suspect that when they go to that, Jokic will be more aggressive looking for, for his shot. And I imagine Denver has prepared a few things to, to be able to look at that. They need to get a look at that defense. And they need a good practice. So I hope that the 76ers try that one out again. Uh, final thing, MPJ did pop on the uh, injury report with uh, heel contusion. Injury management, questionable. So don't know if MPJ is going to go on this one or not, which would be significant. It would be. And it's the reason this one kind of like makes me raise an eyebrow is they had one game last week. They had Monday, Tuesday off, Thursday, Friday off. And then they played on Saturday. They play again on Monday, and then they have Tuesday, Wednesday off. So of all the time, this is probably the most spread out the schedule has been since the All-Star break. And even if you go past that, probably for the whole season. So it's a little curious to me that he popped up in a time when he's actually been most rested. Agree on that. Um, Am I going to be able to be on Twitter tomorrow? Should I just not? Should I just like... Force you someone love to log it, Matt. me out. Come on, man. I'm no. I'm asking if I should force someone to log me out. That's why I'm oh, like, I, was gonna say, I clearly you, can't do it. You, I'm, you I'm, love the discourse. I'm owning I, it. I don't. I don't want to. That's, that's, I don't. It's want okay. To. It's okay. You're you're not the one that makes it toxic. It's just that you're you like swimming in the pool, and the pool has uh, been sullied. So, but yes, you are going to you are going to dive in tomorrow. Oof. I mean, let's put it this way. I really do think. It's weird to me that Giannis hasn't popped up more in this. Like to me, it's a three-man race, but they yep. and everybody says it's a three-man race, but then they're not really. Embiid's just like token credit. It's weird to me. I can't I imagine. Well, first of all, a couple things. Denver went through that losing streak. What what did they do? Lost four out of five or five out of six. I can't remember. Was it four in a row and five out of six? Either way. Embiid and the 76ers right now are doing the exact same thing. Right when it was funny because Denver was plummeting right as the Sixers and Embiid specifically were surging, and that's what flipped these odds, along with I think some of the narrative stuff and the Perkins stuff and all of that stuff. But you look at it right now, they lost to Chicago, uh, then they beat Chicago, then they lost to the Warriors, lost to Phoenix. You lose to this one, it's going to be three out of four. It's kind of an and right as Denver is surging and Jokic is surging. So to me, I really do think that the the MVP can be won tomorrow. I know that sounds crazy, but I think it can. Okay. No pressure. Do you think it can? I do. I do. I do. I agree with you. I think you're on point. We'll see what happens. All right. That's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to have yourselves a great day. Make sure to hit the like, review, and subscribe button on the old YouTube. Make sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Check out all of Adam great work over at DNVR. Pre and post game shows for every Nugget show, as well as Nugget shows on the daily. All of his great content. Follow him on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. We'll be back on Tuesday morning to review whatever goes on with the Sixers game tomorrow night. Until then, have yourselves a great day. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.